Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Recorded live. Good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. All right. So, let me see here. Oh, we only have two people on the call right now. Uh, who's, who's here with me? You have Soki and Jennifer. Sweet. Uh, yeah. And um, <clears throat> it might be, there was a bit of an issue getting on the call uh, right up until 8.30. It was saying we couldn't get on the call. So, it might just be that people are trying back. <laughs> okay. That's odd. See that Brandon just popped on the call. Hi, Brandon. Hi. <laughs> Jennifer, what time is it in Ecuador? It is uh, 11.30. Okay, so you're, we're three hours behind over here? That's right. Cool. All right, not bad. And uh, you want to share a little bit about your adventure so far? Um, learning so much. Um, so many things come to the forefront when you're traveling, you know, being in the moment, understanding your fears, uh, the biggest one just being like understanding the fear of creating differences between people, you know, and like how scary Americans seem to Ecuadorians and how scary Ecuadorians seem to Americans and, you know, really trying to find the sameness and just be loving and welcoming to everyone, even if there's some barriers in language and culture. But yeah, it's been it's been super good. Cool, I love it. That's great, really cool. Beautiful. It's kind of so it's pretty much like life, <laughs> but in Ecuador, <laughs> but in Spanish. <laughs> Finding yeah, the similarities. <laughs> It's it's exactly like life, but it's like in your face, you know, like mm-hmm. all your sure. issues just brought, bubble up to the top and they're just all right there in your face. Like, wow. Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Wow. Cool. Well, um, our thoughts are with you. And uh, why don't we just do a quick check-in before we pray in. Um, Silky, how are you doing? How are the... You know, Silky's in wedding planning mode. How's that all going? <laughs> I I am visualizing that everything will uh, flow with ease and joy, ease and grace, and that what we origin originally planned or in mind when we we spoke about the the wedding getting married will 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 be. Yeah, will manifest because mm-hmm. in the middle of the wedding there has been a lot of uh, issues and concerns. People, other people coming in, it's like uh, the nephew uh, donating a venue for 95 people, and when I'm I'm started 
I started to to do my list, getting rid of the hundred people which I already provided with my save the date. I started to feel sad. So we have to turn down that venue. Oh. Well, you know, the one thing that I learned about doing a wedding, and uh, it's what Jennifer told me, uh, and I'm so glad that I really listened to her, is it gets to be, you know, whatever you would like it to be. And it gets mm-hmm. to be, uh, it should feel, you know, it can feel like you. It should feel like you too. And so um, a lot of people will start throwing things what you need to have there and all that stuff. But if it doesn't resonate as, um, you know, authentically you, then you don't have to do anything. Because, you know, the purpose of the wedding is to enroll the community into your relationship. That's what the wedding is. You're enrolling the community into your relationship. So you're inviting everyone to support you two as a couple. Um, Mm -hmm. And you're taking your vows in front of your community. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, in a way, you're enrolling, enlisting everybody into your vows. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you know, you're you're standing in front of, you know, God and your community to uh, proclaim, declare your commitment to Carmela and and um, it's a really powerful, beautiful thing. But the whole celebration stuff, remember, it's just it's just a fun party that you're um, that you're uh, in honor of your community and your relationship. So, so whatever you would like, you get to do. And uh, yeah, and like I said, we'll start really <laughs> talking about that in the new year. I'm happy to be able to support mm-hmm. you guys through it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, with every step of the way, you get you can ask yourself, is this what I would like? Does this feel good to me? And um, a lot of people will offer a lot of opinions, but it's your special day, so there you go. Yes, thank you. And again, yeah, I really, and again, I really everyone... have to stick to my plan, not yeah. other people's plan. Exactly. And thank I you. guess sort of everything we're hearing today is sort of just how life is. <laughs> Listen, it's your party, guys. You do what feels good to you. <laughs> and a lot of people will throw their opinions in, in, in but it really comes down to how you feel. So, <clears throat> um, and Mr. Brandon, what's going on with you? Hi. So that was a perfect uh, segue for me because I am in. Uh, I am in life mode that feels like everything all at once. So it's like I went to the buffet, I got my four plates, and now I feel like I'm not enjoying anything because there's so much there. Uh, Mm -hmm. So choosing what's most me um, has been really, really vitally fast three weeks because I was traveling for work, traveling for my brother, then feeling under the weather, then just like, I didn't realize how much was going to back up on my life. And, like, I um, do a lot of independent working with a lot of people, and those things are, like, the most important thing to me, and I was backed up on that. And, um, yeah, so this week more so has been um, turning from that, which felt draining and... um, uh, turning away from that was thought turning, turning back to things that felt more life-giving or more right for me in this moment. 
And it's been, it's, yeah, it's been a, a interesting process. Uh, I, I still haven't caught my breath from everything. And the year end is obviously for me the busiest time for work too. Um, and I like want to be in the social aspects of this holiday season too because I've often neglected that for previous years. So I'm just trying to absorb it all and decide what um, what feels uh, most Brandon. So I'm I'm fine tuning that tool uh, this week and weekend, and I'm looking forward to going back uh, home on Tuesday, where I can finally kind of be like in a no man's land where I don't have any real priorities for a couple of days. So that'll be nice. Well, that's nice. Where now you see you going home? Home? Are you going to Michigan or yeah. where are you going? Yeah, I'm going back to Michigan. Cool. Yeah, and also I, um, I, I'm getting clearer and clearer about the the what the holidays mean to me, and from what they meant before. So that's also really funny. Like I still like to give gifts, but um, like. I, I noticed I was at a holiday, a white elephant party, and I'm like, I didn't want, I didn't want to walk away with a gift. I wanted, I so I just ended up, you know, um, bowing out of that portion because it felt so distracting to me in that moment because I was just trying to like, like narrow things down for my life, and I was just trying to like, am I being present with my employee, uh, with the the people I work with, and um, it's funny how I'm certain distractions that I used to love are no longer um, the best fit for me right now. Yep. Welcome to the club. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you for your patience with me, everyone. I I know I've been gone for a while. Um, This was just kind of a weird explanation for that, but um, I did miss you all, and I do feel more grounded when I talk to you all regularly. Mm-hmm. You know, tomorrow is our holiday service at Inspire, and um, Martha has joined us. Uh, hi, Martha. And um, Martha was on my uh, Course in Miracles call this last week, and we talked about the true meaning of Christmas, or how would Jesus... Uh, how would he want to tell, teach us about Christmas today and what is that really about? And um, <clears throat> we spoke about how Jesus would teach about the true meaning of love, which is, you know, the awareness of our oneness with perfect love with God and how in love there is no sacrifice. So sacrifice is, is not a, it's not a foreign concept. It, it's an unreality. It's impossible. There's no way to sacrifice when you're in alignment with love. There's no sacrifice in love because there's nothing that can be taken away. There's nothing to be given or gotten. It's all there. And so the holidays have become this this sort of this dance or the ceremonial um, display of sacrifice. For us, we have to spend. A lot of times, people spend money they don't have. They have to go to places they don't want to go, all at the cost of either their wallet, their peace of mind, or something. But it's become a a time of sacrifice. 
And so the true meaning of Christmas is to release the belief in sacrifice, to embrace, you know, your loving nature, your perfectly loving self, and understand there is nothing to sacrifice. And um, I like what you shared because it's definitely in alignment with that idea, Brandon, that you're learning that. <laughs> I'm just going to be present and available. And, <laughs> also, and what's, what's interesting, and I'm sure a lot of you will have, can, can attest to this, is when you start embracing, you know, like, like, well, actually, the greatest gift I could give is to be present with you right here and now and to love you. People are like, yeah, no, there, people aren't, are um, they make you feel bad for that because we've become so addicted to the sacrifice that when someone tries to sort of break the mold there and um, you know align themselves with you know their loving heart, they're like, no, I prefer the gift. Or no, like you're being weird. I don't want to do that. You know, <laughs> so it uh, takes a little courage to really apply the principle sometimes. So. Anyways, not to make, I'm not trying to make ourselves special in that, but just, you know, something to observe, a relatable experience. Um, Martha, we're just doing a check-in. How are you doing? Mm, I'm trying to wake up. I'm sorry. I didn't hear my alarm and it fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Martha. Good morning. You're that kid in class today. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. The kid in the in the back row sleeping on the desk. Well, <laughs> we'll give you some space then, and uh, we'll do our little praying and meditation. So let's all just get comfortable. Take a few deep breaths where we are. Maybe you'd like to uncross your arms and legs, unless you'd like to sit in the lotus position. The um, most important aspect of the meditation generally is to have your spine erect. Or maybe not. Maybe that's not even your thing. Maybe you like to meditate standing on your head, whatever works for you. Now let's just take a few breaths in, and as we exhale, we'll relax our body, our physical body. Relax our shoulders and jaws. Relax, relax the tummy. Relax our feet and our hands, and we just breathe. And so we gently place our attention to our breath. Our inhales and our exhales. And we invite waves and waves of bright white light to flow through our physical body. Filling our physical body from our toes to our head. Pure bright white light, cleansing and clearing. Our energy bodies align perfectly. Any blocks in our physical body that may prevent us from experiencing a greater awareness of love's presence in and as and through our life right now are cleared away. All the channels are cleared. 
We send waves of this light to our emotional bodies, allowing it to act as a balm on any anything that feels like an opened wound. We cut the cords to our past experiences and past life experiences that no longer serve us, bringing with us only the loving wisdom that we can harvest from those experiences, from our perfect journey. And we leave behind the resentment, the blame, and the shame. And it's in waves of light through our mental bodies. We send waves and waves of this light through our mental bodies. Creating space where there once was density, so much density. Freeing ourselves from the endless to-do lists, the to-be lists, the to-get lists. And we just breathe. And then we send this light to our etheric bodies, the astral body, our traveler, and we recharge it, recharging our energetic body. And we send this bright white light to our auric field which carries the record of all of our lifetimes. And we just cleanse, clear, restore, rejuvenate, repair, and breathe. And in our heart space, we see in the midst of all this bright white light a golden light, a circle of light right in the center of our heart, right in the center of our chest in that heart space. The light of divine wisdom, of resurrection. We just allow this light to grow in our heart space and we observe the light in our heart space. We breathe in the bright white light that is soaking and saturating all of our bodies and subtle bodies. We gently allow our attention to fall on our breath. leaning a little more to the light, receiving a little more of the light. We acknowledge that we are sustained by this light, that we are an extension of this light.
we, we love the light. We share the light. Growing deeper in our awareness of our luminous self, our luminous body. We take one more deep breath in, allowing it to be a breath of gratitude. We are grateful and we are thankful for all the opportunities we have to connect together, to ground in the light of love this light of Christ awareness, Christ consciousness. Cleansing and clearing away all blocks, offering up any resistance we have to embracing our true self. Mm. And as we clear away the beliefs, unloving habits, thoughts that no longer serve our commitment to live in, as, and through the light. (sighs) We simply are left with the truth that we are eternal, that we are beautiful and brilliant. We are children of God, extensions of perfect peace. This is the only truth. And we are so grateful to know it, yes, and to share it. So we share this light. We share the healing benefits of this time together with everyone because we are one with them. In grace and gratitude, we release this word. We let it be. And so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. Indeed. A little recharge there. So, the third spiritual law of prosperity, as taught by Dwayne Gaines is the law of forgiveness. A Course in Miracles says forgiveness is the function. This is our function. It's our modality (laughs) of moving through this experience, this life experience. And we're talking about true forgiveness. Next, the next module that we'll be doing. Um, Our main, or at least one of our main texts that we'll be reviewing is Radical Forgiveness by Colin Tippings. And so we're going to spend months really, really exploring true forgiveness, mastering it, learning how to apply it, learning how to extend it, learning how to teach it. And I think that Edwin's book is a great beginner's guide 
to spiritual philosophy and living a spiritual life. New thought. She's teaching us how to get super, super clear on our thoughts, get super intentional around them, how to uh, invoke a essence of playfulness in our approach to creating Uh, and achieving goals for ourselves uh, and living a prosperous life. And like I've said, I think this is a great intro. I think it's important that, I think this book is actually so helpful to have in our curriculum because it's a wonderful um, tool and it's easy to teach. And I know that if you do these, uh, the step-by-step method, you will experience change. I know because I've done it. Now, one important thing as teachers, guys, and this is really important that we uh, that, that you listen to this little piece of this little nugget. One important thing to take out of your vocabulary when teaching and just take out of your vocabulary in general is the phrase, if I can do it, you can do it. Because that is absolutely not necessary, necessarily the case in a lot of situations and experiences. That is a tool, I think, used. Uh, it's a really good sales tool. But it's not necessarily true. And that was given to me from Jennifer, who, and that was given to Jennifer from Venerable Tahani. Saying no, you know, it's not everyone. You know, everybody has a different path and a different journey, and some people are so rooted in their story that it's way, way, way more challenging for them to do something than it is for you. So not everyone can do what you're doing, and it might not be in their highest uh, good to do it in this at this time or in this life experience. So uh, I've really become conscious of saying, well, if I can do it, you can do it, because I don't know if you can. But I know that if you follow the thing, my experience was when I did this, I allowed myself to really, truly um, follow her guidance, do everything that she, uh, that she invited us to do, including the 21-day no complaining, um, writing pages and pages of things that I want, getting it down to 10 things that I'd like to, uh, that resonated with me the most, put a date next to the thing that, I'd like to see prayed, asking what could, what can I do to make this shift. Um, I remember I I had this idea of an apartment that I'd like to have, and I drew pictures of it. I looked at it. I um, talked about how it would feel to be in there, and I manifested that apartment like almost to the T. And it had exposed brick and hardwood floors, um, lots of natural lighting. It was right there in the city. I could walk places. They had a little village next to where I lived, so I could walk to the village. And I was like, wow, like, this is really, that was one of my first, like, green lights, being like, oh, wow, there's something to this. So forgiveness is a vital part of not just this process, but every process, your life process. And we're talking real forgiveness here. And if Dwayne doesn't get super deep into the real forgiveness philosophy, and we don't even have to do that right now, you're going to be getting plenty of it, trust me, uh, especially when we get into Course in Miracles. But true forgiveness is not just saying, I forgive you, 
and I'm going to move on. True forgiveness is seeing the face of Christ reflected back to you, meaning you have come to the understanding that the person who, quote, unquote, did whatever they did to you, you know, is an innocent, is innocent by nature. Now, they may not recognize their own innocence, but they are innocent, and we are going to recognize their innocence. Now, in order to do that, we have to be willing to see how what they, again, quote, air quotes, did to us has actually supported us in um, our spiritual growth. Meaning, let's say you have an abuser and you broke away from the abuser. And because of that, you landed in California and uh, you, had, you, t- you met with a therapist and psychologist that helped you completely change your life, get enrolled in college, get the degree you want, get the job you want. And you're like, wow, were it not? And then you see perfectly like, wow, I was not only, not only did they support me in taking a stand in my life for recognizing how worthy I am, they, um, that sense of worthiness that I garnished as a result of their, of their actions supported me in living an abundant and fulfilled and focused life. And so you sort of see the, the perfection in the path, like Byron Katie said. You know, she's a respecter of the path. And then it frees you up from that resentment, that blame. We are always offering up, like if you pray with me, resentment, blame, and shame are always some of the blocks, some of the uh, things that I offer up and put on the altar every time. Because it's the blame, it's the shame, it's the, all that that keeps you in victim mentality. And so it's a big game. Forgiveness is a big game. And it's not that we are, I mean, we're releasing the blame. It's not that we're not deluding, we're not, we're not delusional, you know, like um, some behaviors are unacceptable because they bring harm to other people, right? And so it's not that we're not lifting the responsibility that these people may need to face in their life. We're just taking away that essence of blame. And so forgiveness, as Edwin says, you know, if you want to get out of debt, practice forgiveness. It's like Brandon shared in the Facebook group perfectly. It's clearing those channels. It's freeing those channels so prosperity can flow through easily. If you're feeling blocked in your finances in anything, you know, it's definitely time to explore, make that list of where am I holding on to resentment? Who could I set free through forgiveness? It's a very powerful practice. So I'd like to open up the circle and so we can talk about forgiveness. And um, you can ask any questions or you can share how your perception of forgiveness is shifting. Um, Again, our job, our job on this planet is to practice forgiveness. Our job on this planet is to practice forgiveness. That's how crucial forgiveness is. Forgiveness is the game. So let's hear your thoughts. Circle's open.
Um, I'll open with what came up for me during the reading and stuff is, is that, you know, I have just had lived, a, I've lived a very blessed life and I haven't got a lot of trauma or major happenings. And so sometimes like when I'm doing classes like this and things like forgiveness come up, I feel like the things that I'm going to forgive are like too small or like not good enough, like for the exercise, because I don't have, you know, and then, and then you hear everybody else sharing and everybody's got this like major stuff that they're working on. So I'll just share that. Like, I already feel like the things that I am working on forgiving are like too small. That's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know what? That's great. So all forgiveness is self-forgiveness. All forgiveness is self-forgiveness. So um, A Course in Miracles, which we haven't gotten to yet, Jennifer, but I really think that this is important, and I'm going to paraphrase it. A Course in Miracles says that pretty much anything that compromises your peace of mind um, should be dealt with in the same manner. There's no levels of importance when it comes to that. So from, so uh, it pretty much says that um, to treat anyone, um, to treat any situation in which you even feel slightly annoyed with the same care and with the same approach as you would with something that makes you feel like experiencing a murderous rage. So anything that compromises your peace of mind, it can be put on um, the table for forgiveness. And again, it's just removing the belief that anyone is anything but innocent. And so really doing the work to see the innocence in everyone, beginning with yourself. And so um, the practice of forgiving yourself for any quote-unquote shortcomings you feel as though that you have or any way that you... And these are lots of air quotes. <laughs> anyway, you fucked your life up or fucked up or anything that you still blame yourself for, anything that you feel like you're coming up short on in your life, all up for forgiveness. As well as, you know, you can even expand it to, you know, the political arena, which is something that we're all going to have to be really practicing in the next year. You know, uh, really doing our best to see the innocence in um, everyone which is big, big, big work. That's actually been the focus of my work the last month has been um, a lot of my uh, personal practice has been in asking guidance on how to see the innocence in um, some of the politicians that are emerging right now and some of the things they're saying and the hate speech and all that stuff. So even that stuff is on the table for forgiveness. You know, so maybe even, um, Jen, what you might, what might support you is if you substitute forgiveness for seeing the innocence in everyone, then that could support you a little bit in the practice, the practice. And, you know, as it comes up, deal with it. But I would also say don't um, resist the temptation to think the things that I need to forgive are really little. Because, again, like anything that creates any, that, that compromises your perfect peace of mind should be um, 
should should have the same approach, same same sort of approach. Make sense? Yeah. I okay. I got it. Yeah. Something to contemplate. Thanks for sharing. Always good. And again, I just want to reiterate, Jim O'Brien, that it's such like a thrill for me to be able to talk to you on a weekly basis. I think it's so great. I love that you're uh, in my immediate circle again. It feels really good. <laughs> I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to meet everyone face to face at the retreat. I'm super excited about it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so good. Who else would like to share about forgiveness? Hi, this is Martha. Um, Forgiveness, wow. (laughs) (laughs) My biggest challenge. Um, No. That sounds like a a book title for you, Martha. That sounds like a book title for you, Martha. Forgiveness, (laughs) wow. (laughs) By Martha Contreras. Um, well, this whole year has been, wow, takes some time now that I think, because it all started in February. When, February was the retreat, wasn't it? hmm And, well, I guess I have made some progress with my father, and now I'm in totally different states, and it's just totally different the way I see him now. And... I still need to work on some patience with him, but it's just so much more peaceful, our relationship, and we're starting to talk a little bit more now that he's got some hearing aids, and um, it's just helped me to see how addressing what I, the guilt, for feeling, you know, unforgiveness towards him, how that was really affecting me, and just how I feel more compassionate towards him mm-hmm. and just lighter and happier. Um, but when it comes, I am also more um, forgiving myself is even harder. So I mm-hmm. think it's even, first of all, I don't, why, well, I guess it's lack of love, I guess. But, um, so it's just the different layers that are there. And right now what you're, you you were sharing with all of us, but, you know, in regards to no matter anything that disturbs our peace is something that, you know, we see as forgiving because we're, we're not seeing um, God in the other person. Or, and I'm thinking it's uh, something I need to address and it might not be that big of a thing, but it's, parking, you know, I have an issue with one of our neighbors. Well, she's not really a neighbor. <laughs> but she she lives probably around the block, but because of lack of parking, it's like uh, we're fighting for parking spaces out here, in other words. <laughs> but even stuff like that, it, I see the difference. Like if I'm driving and somebody cuts me off, and when I do lose it, it just changes the feel inside. Like you said, it destroys my peace. And so it's not a good feeling, and it puts me in a different space. Um, so even stuff like that, it's, it's it's important, and like you said, and I guess like you said, the importance of just addressing even the small things make a big 
difference um, and feeling the peace within. And so I'm just grateful, grateful that I'm a different space and that I, I really am excited about just tackling things and just getting it out of my, unclogging my pipes, let me put it mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. So, so just thank you. And uh, it's work, emotional, a lot of emotional work for me, but um, so much more happy than before. So that's my that's been my experience this year with forgiveness. It's beautiful. You know, it's, Martha, it's, it's an unlearning process. It's not even that we're learning. It's that we're unlearning. We're unlearning the habits and the, uh, and the uh, beliefs that we picked up along the way. So we're just putting them down. And we're actually in the other group. We're reading this wonderful book called Testimony of Light. And it's a book about life after death. And the, uh, it's a channeled piece. And the woman who's um, sharing um, the, the woman who's the, the, who is it? the person that died that is sharing the information through her friend who's channeling the material, gets to this place of where she realized, she goes, oh, man, she was all that work. She was like a professor. She was very collegiate. She was very intellectual and um, always looking for the deeper philosophical understanding in the text, always hoping for that breakthrough, that breakthrough. And she, one of the realizations that she had was, she goes, all that work, she goes, she goes and it was always here. The peace is always there. It was about doing less. She goes, now I realize, it's about doing less and this desire to know more, desire to have that breakthrough was all sort of egocentric, you know? And um, so in that, I mean, the invitation there is to allow ourselves to ease into everything and to trust that there's nowhere to get, there's no end destination, that the end destination is already achieved. <laughs> the enlightenment is within. And so it's just about gently um, peeling off one layer at a time and gently peeling it off and allowing ourselves to take our time, not to rush, releasing any, any, any form of urgency, this belief that there is um, urgency all around us. There, there, let's let that go because that's the um, opposite of true. Even if it seems like there's havoc unfolding around us. It seems as though there is, and yet peace is still there. Peace is still here. Um, I'm not sure what inspired me to share that, but just you're doing wonderful work, Martha. You're doing such good work, and allow it to be, I'm going to invite you to allow it to be a really gentle process where there's no rush, there's nowhere to get to immediately, and you're right perfectly on your path, and it's really bow to your commitment to your process. It's been really beautiful to see you change uh, and really apply the, these this work into your life. And one last thing I will say about traffic, because it really is a challenge for a lot of people, especially if you live in Los Angeles. My God. Uh, and Jennifer, are you coming from Seattle? Seattle's insane too. Um, I began to work with it. I, I took a vow never to rush again. And I've been, I would say I've done about 90% 
job, good job at, at, at staying in alignment with my vow 90% of the time. But with traffic, what I had to do was I, I accept that I'm always exactly where I need to be, right? And that my greatest good is always unfolding. And I decided that if my greatest good is always unfolding, if there are no coincidences, if I'm always exactly where I need to be, then if someone cuts me off, I just acknowledge them as an angel supporting me and staying exactly where I need to be. Like, my belief is I needed to be ahead of that car. But what's unfolding is that I'm behind that car. I know that because they cut me off. So I'm going to trust that it's the universe taking care of me because I know my greatest good is always unfolding and that God, the universe, has my back. So thanks, universe. Thank you, angels, for keeping me exactly where I need to be. And, oh, I thought I needed to be at that destination at 6.30 p.m., but traffic is so congested and so backed up that there's no way I'm going to get there until at least 7. So I'll trust that that's the exact perfect time. That's the perfect time for me to get there. And look at all these these angels helping me uh, arrive exactly when I'm supposed to be there. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, it's a way I play with it, but why not? Like, like playfulness is a very important element of of the game, guys. Playfulness is an aspect, an attribute of God. So allowing it to be an easier experience and, uh, you know, use tools that can support us, even in traffic, because like we were talking about with Jennifer, you know, anything that compromises your peace of mind. So allowing yourself to stay in a, um, whatever you can do to support yourself in staying at peace, use it, right? And that too is part of forgiveness. That process in traffic, that's definitely part of forgiveness. So let's hear from Brandon and Soki. Anything to share, guys? Any insights? Any thoughts? Hello. Um, by the term forgiveness, I I pick up given. Because uh, going back to God's blueprint in my life, Everything is already given. Even the worst things, the typhoon, the storms, the tsunami, the unwanted people that uh, I felt hurt, they're given. It's part of God's uh, blueprint into my life. And I think they're there so that my soul would evolve into a better uh, soul that I ought to be, into a better person that I ought to be. So forgiveness for me is given. Prosperity is given. The challenges that goes a long way for me to live and manifest the abundant and prosperous life that I am meant to be, that is my nature, the blockages are there, but I need to go back to my truth that I am prosperous, I am loved, and the root of forgiveness is love because already everything is given in love. And these blockages are also given I see this as given so that my soul, my personality would evolve into 
the the best person or into the soul that I I I, I meant to be. The moment I, I I was born here on earth, everybody is already given. And all I need to do is to remember my truth. That whenever there are blockages in my life, all I need to do is to forgive. And the root of forgiveness is love. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's important that we remind ourselves, too, of the true meaning of prosperity. We keep ourselves in alignment with that truth, which is well-being in every avenue of our life. doesn't necessarily mean millions of dollars and all that stuff. Um, now, are, can we have that? There's nothing wrong with it. Of course not. Will it serve our greatest good? I'm not sure. I'm sure that if it unfolds for you, then yes. But remember, and we all have these experiences where eventually we get it clearly that nothing outside of ourselves can make us happy. And that's the one, like, if I were to to offer one warning <laughs> uh, with the the book that Edwin writes, is there's a real emphasis on getting this stuff. And she talks about the freedom, of course, and she talks about the spiritual principles. But there really is an emphasis on the stuff, but we have to remember, we can manifest the stuff. And in fact, I think it's important to learn how to manifest the stuff because we can translate this process into anything, anything, any goal that we have in our life, any community project, anything that we are um, we really feel inspired to bring into fruition. We can use this. Pro- we can use this um, process. But the stuff at the end of the day, the stuff is not going to make you happy. The money is not going to make you happy. The clothes are not going to make you happy. The body is not going to make you happy. The partner is not going to make you happy. None of that will make you happy. Happiness comes from within. And yet it's important to understand that we are creative beings. We are creative beings. Now, if you have a true desire and impulse to go towards a million-dollar goal, then let's trust that that impulse is tugging you there so you can be truly helpful on the path towards it. But it's, again, going forward without attachment to the outcome. Why? Because when we hold on so tightly to the outcome, to the way it looks, then we create more upset in our life if it doesn't unfold exactly the way we think it's going to. And often, if we cling so tightly onto how we think it should look, we often miss the true gift that's there. The flexibility, um, unattachment is crucially important in the process of manifesting the life of your dreams. I truly believe that. Brandon, any thoughts? And thank you, Soki, for sharing beautiful work. Everyone, thank you. Hi. Thank you. So, I guess beginning with my own personal 
journey to forgiveness, it's really been informed heavily with Byron Katie's work, um, 12 Step, and A Course in Miracles. So whenever I talk about forgiveness, there's a lot of all those wrapped in. Uh, the, I, I love what Jen brought up because I think that's such a legitimate uh, question or concern of so many people, especially Americans, um, that, that kind of like uh, the whole, you know, uh, that there are kids in Africa starving, like, argument. Well, and I was, I mean, that actually came up yesterday at work with my clinical director, my CEO, and I was just there listening, and I'm like, I'm like, as an argument for m- mental and spiritual fitness, how about we tell, how about we compare it to kids starving in Africa? And I'm like, in my mind, I was like, that's, that's so irrelevant because um, it's, it's just always, um, I mean, it's just going to be irrelevant no matter what. And the reason it was is because, uh, like Jesse was talking about, um, like there's no um, level of importance in in miracles. There's there's no level of significance of what something that's unforgiven is going to wreak destruction on my life. And I know that um, you know the littlest things are the ones that slide by me every day and bury my relationships. So when I'm complaining about traffic, I'm burying my relationships when I'm not present with my roommates when I get home because I'm angry and I felt. Um, like Jesse was talking about, rush, or I'm, you know, having technological issues and I'm resentful that things don't work well and I'm unforgiving with the life circumstances. So I continue to build blocks up against um, everyone in my life thinking that I'm insular and I'm going to figure this all out by myself. And, uh, you know, and I've come to realize that any level of unforgiveness for me is a wall. It doesn't matter if it's a wall that's chest high that I can't cross or a wall that's sky high. Either way, I can't, see, I can't get to where I need to be. And sometimes the wall that's chest high that allows me to still see heaven and not be able to reach it becomes the most painful type of wall. And so oftentimes it's those little things that don't feel justifiable that really send me into hell consistently. So uh, thank you, Jennifer, for pointing that out because I have to look for those on a daily basis as a priority because those are the sly ones that want to get past me. Those are ones my ego wants to say you're not good enough to pay attention to, and those are the ones that really, really keep me separate from my relationships with other people and untether me from my uh, higher power from God. So thank you, everyone. Beautiful. Yeah, I like that chest high wall analogy. It's really good. I'd write that one down. Put that put that in your files, Brandon. It's a good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that idea in the course, uh, you know, it's first stated in um the course in the first part, which is uh the 
when it talks about miracles and what are miracles, and it says there's no level of difficulty in miracles. There's no level of difficulty in miracles. So think about that. What we think, like something that would take years of cultivation and work and all that stuff to unfold and to bring forth, they're like, no, no, no. That Getting a cup of coffee is just as easy as um, getting a million dollars. We just think that there's levels of difficulty, and so that's our experience. But in truth, there's no level of difficulty in miracles. We think that in order to forgive Hitler, there's all this work that needs to happen uh, but to be able to forgive the guy that honked at us in traffic, those are way easier. I'm like, no, no, actually, no level of difficulty in miracles. Remember, a miracle is something that comes from love after a shift of perception. Shift of perception. A lot of people think that the shift of perception is the miracle. Shift of perception is the conduit that, ex- that brings forth the miracle. And so... The same goes in forgiveness. There's no level of difficulty in forgiveness, except that we think there is. And, wow, isn't that like, I mean, isn't that like just like a completely radical notion? <laughs> like, what? I mean, I feel like that's such, I mean, that just makes my heart sing when I think about that. Like, oh my gosh, the only thing blocking the life of my dreams is the thought that it has to be challenging. That's why I made a no devil's advocate policy on our board of directors (laughs) at Inspire. Like, no devil's advocate. No, like, yeah, but, because all that's doing is introducing a level of, a needless level of things that could go wrong. So, and that's what we do to ourselves. Well, I can't forgive him. What he did was unforgivable. That's bullshit. Throw that word, throw unforgivable out of your vocabulary as well. Throw unforgivable out of your vocabulary as well. It's all forgivable. So on the retreat, we're going to actually do an exercise in which we are all, we're going to have different groups and each group is going to be responsible for forgiving something that has happened in our world that feels unforgivable or figures in the history of our um, culture that seems unforgivable. We're going to break the unforgivable myth. Yes, forgiveness clears the pathways, cuts the cords, frees us, gives us the freedom to open ourselves up to experience that which will, you know, that we deserve, that we deserve peace. It's the pathway to peace. And in that peacefulness, we are aligned with our true self. And when we're aligned with our true self, any and everything is available to us. So, we are going to take a 10-minute break. It's 9.30, so we'll be back at 9.40. But here's the deal. During that break, you should write on the judge and neighbor worksheet. You should fill out 
question number one and number two on your judge and neighbor worksheet. Number one and number two on the judge and neighbor worksheet. Um, and again, like Jen, like you, if there's nothing to really forgive, even if you have to find, if, if you're 99% totally healed with something, but there's 1% left, we can address that. Uh, be flexible, be willing to play, and let's um, meet back at 940 with your judge and neighbor worksheet filled out. Please don't hang up your phone. Just put yourself on mute, and we'll be back.
Okay, so we are back. Uh, let me just make sure everyone is back on the call. Jen, you back? Yes, I'm here. Cool. Martha? Here. Brandon? Here. Oki? I'm here. Great. All right, so we're going to go back to practicing our um, facilitating skills with this. Um, first up will be Brandon. You'll be the coach. And Jennifer, you'll be the client. And Martha, Soki, and I will listen in. And um, let's see how it unfolds. Okay. So... Um, Let's see. We'll say it's 9.41. Let's see what we can do in five minutes. Cool, Brandon? Yes, I'm just taking her through uh, the work. Yep, yeah, step by step. And so everyone okay. else can follow along in the, the handout, the little booklet. Okay, great. Great. So remember, I'm, what – sorry, sorry, just a little remind, reminded everyone. After we do, we go through the four questions. What do we do after the four questions? We go into turnarounds, right? And with each turnaround, how many examples are we looking for after each turnaround? Three. Of how, yeah, exactly, yeah. We're looking for three examples of how that turnaround is true. And okay. why do you think we do we find three, Brandon? Because uh, there's the first one that we think of might not feel truest for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you find three, it really, it really, it's just building the case. It's it's it's, it's presenting the evidence. So it just makes it, it really makes it crystal clear where there might have been confusion. So sweet. Okay, so the four questions and turnarounds, questions one and two, and, uh, you know, really feel complete with one before you move on to two, and I'll let you guys have it. Five minutes. Okay. All right, Jennifer. In this situation, time and location, who anger, confuses, or disappoints you, and why? So... At this moment, I am very frustrated with my office manager, Sabrina, because she's negative and isn't, like, working up to her potential. All right, so she's negative and not working up to her potential. Is that true? Yes. Can you absolutely know that that's true, Jennifer, that she's negative and is not living up to her potential? That is that is how it shows up for me. All right, cool. Let's just try to stick with the yes or no. Can we absolutely know that it's true? Yes. Great. And how do you feel when you believe these thoughts? I just feel aggravated, and I feel um, I feel aggravated, and I feel inconvenient. 
and yeah, just annoyed, aggravated, inconvenienced, and annoyed. Great. Who would you be? How would you feel without these thoughts that your manager is negative and doesn't live up to her potential? I believe without these thoughts, I would feel, you know, very free. I would feel um, confident and I would feel, you know, taken care of. Great. Um, So uh, we're going to turn it around. Can you give me a turnaround that might feel as true or truer for you than the thought that you are frustrated with your manager because they're negative and don't live up to their potential? Um, I mean, the the turnaround is that I'm mad at myself for being negative and not living up to my potential, but that doesn't really feel... Well, let's look look at what your potential is. Your potential maybe in this moment isn't task-minding other people. Your potential maybe in this moment is to expand your tolerance and love for someone else. So if we can find that that might be true for us in the overarching theme of things, then we might find a truer thought there. But if that doesn't sit well with you, then let's try a different turnaround. Can you can you find something that might feel truer for you? Um, maybe it would be truer to say that Sabrina feels frustrated with me for being negative and not living up to my potential. Okay. Um, I can see that she might have that perspective. That's, that's, I'm, that's a possibility, but I don't think we're going to mind read right now, so let's stay with what we're experiencing inside of our head with our thoughts. Um, so is it possible that you are not frustrated or not always frustrated, or the times that you are actually pleased with who this person is in your workspace? Yes, there are times that I feel, you know, she's 100% the best. Awesome. Can you give me some examples? Well, you know... When when dealing with the when dealing with the company's finances, I feel a hundred percent confident that she is holding it down and has it covered. Great. Where I struggle is with the interpersonal communication. Hmm. So, so those, I can, yeah, go ahead. So in those situations, you aren't frustrated with her um, ability to achieve or not achieve or negativity or positivity. 
is those don't matter because she does perform. Well, awesome. So uh, that feels a little bit more comfortable, huh? Is that is that something yeah. you can sit with for a second? There are certain things that she does that I just she does them in great detail and she's super organized and she like really has it handled. And then there just are these other things that are just frustrating me where I just don't feel like she's giving it the same attention and her sort of demeanor about it is so negative. Right. Um, All right. right. So we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to step in and pause. We're just going to pause. Really, actually, Martha Silky, how's your experience? I just want to, I'm not going to put any of my stuff into it yet. I just wouldn't, I'm curious to see see how everyone else, what they observed, what your thoughts were. Martha Silky, what are your, what's your, how how do you, what do you think, how do you think Brandon did? He did good. Um. The turnaround is where I think um, it got a little, you know, I think that's the hardest. I, I think that's a part that probably um, not so easy when we're mm-hmm. working with somebody like, or, or like in my case, when, when they ask me to turn it around, it's not so clear sometimes to the person. Mm-hmm. So, like, in other words, the turnaround is more difficult. Sometimes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's not so clear cut. Right. Right. Okay. Soki. Is um number three? How do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? I didn't. Uh, I didn't hear much about that. And who would you be without the thought? Mhm. Okay. Cool. I'm waiting for that. Cool. Cool. Um. All right. Cool. Well, I wanted to say for the first round time out, Brandon, spectacular work. Thank you. Uh. Yeah. Really. Um. Really good. And Jennifer. Uh. uh always a great participant. Um. When with this work. The, I think that the most important um, thing to get clarity on was not the second part of the phrase. So, the the Jennifer says she's frustrated with her manager at work because she's not living up to her potential. Right? Uh, how, well, how did you phrase it, Jennifer? What was how did you write it? She's negative and not living and not working up to her potential. Great. Okay. So. Um, so negative and not living up to her potential, that's just Jennifer's perspective. What we're looking for real clarity on, um, and this is how I approach it, is the frustrated. And, and we didn't address that at all. We went right into negative and not living up to her potential. And so because the real question is, is it true that you're frustrated because your manager is not living up to her, she's negative and not living up to her potential. Because the truth is, Jennifer's frustrated, but chances are it has nothing to do with her manager not living up to her potential. And so where we're really looking um, how we can help the client 
is to discover, well, what's really frustrating you? And when we get into uh, the clarity, when we start asking, is it true? Can you absolutely know it's true? What we're really asking is, is it true that you're frustrated because your manager is negative and not living up to her potential? Is that true? You're, you're frustrated because your manager is negative and not living up to her potential. And then that's where we really start to peel off the layers. Does that make sense, Brandon? Sorry, it took me a minute to get off the mic. Yes, that does make sense. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so that's really, I find that's where the work is because then what we start to do with the turnarounds and everything, we get to discover, well, why is Jennifer really frustrated? And chances are it has nothing to do with her manager. It's the thought, what, I mean, and it always is, and we know this going in as the coaches, guys. What's frustrating, Jennifer, is the thought that her manager shouldn't be negative and that there's some sort of potential that she's not living up to, which we know is also just a belief that Jennifer has. So Jennifer wants her manager to act a different way. And that's really what's creating upset for Jennifer. So through this process, the process should be through the unveiling. So Jennifer, let's work with that. So Jennifer, um, What's a turnaround to I'm frustrated with my manager because she's not living up, because she's negative and not living up to her potential? What's a turnaround we can work with? I'm frustrated with my manager because she's negative and not living up to my potential, to her potential. I mean, the obvious turnaround is I'm frustrated with myself because I'm being negative and not living up to my potential. Great. What's three, find me three examples to where that's true well as her manager if I was living up to my potential she should potentially display a happier demeanor in her work um, or it should you know I guess you know as as her manager, if she's unhappy, you know, then there's got to be something that I can do about that. So maybe you're not she, living up, so perhaps it's you're not living up to your potential as a manager. Right. Yeah, so seeing her upset is maybe, you know, maybe that's proof that you're not living up to your potential. And how does it make you feel when you when you see evidence that you are not living up to your potential? How does it make yeah, you feel? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. It feels... Uh, it doesn't feel good. I can't describe yeah. the feeling. I mean, yeah. Is it frustrating? Yeah, I, I would say it is frustrating because, you yeah. know, you have to speak, figure out what to do. Yeah. Jesse? Yeah. Jesse, it's Brennan. Really quick. <clears throat> uh, when, when she and I did it, we only got to the two turnarounds, and right. I was aware of the, the third one. 
and I think we're mm-hmm. back in the ones that we were doing with her earlier. Uh-huh. So we yeah. didn't get a chance to do the third one. I think the one you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And I listen, I, I acknowledge I cut it off early. I just wanted to, just for training purposes, teaching purposes here in the group, uh, just show, like, when we focused on the feeling that was coming up, you know what I mean? Right, first, that would have been the third turnaround. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> That's all I'll say. But I, um, no, I, listen, you didn't do anything wrong, Brandon. You didn't do anything wrong. Um, <laughs> just, I'm just saying that. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I know, Brandon. I know you got. You did. You were right. Brandon. Not about you, Brandon. It's about me. Yeah. <laughs> you got it, Jennifer. How does, how does it make you feel, Brandon, when uh, you you think that I shouldn't have cut you off early? Why Why are you upset? That <laughs> who would you I be? I'm frustrated because Jesse cut me off in the middle of my work assignment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. So, um, obviously, we're just we're just starting to pick at the the, the top surface of this work uh, of of you know learning to become masterful in the four question aspect. And no, this is a part of your process. So my intention is to, through the, you know, a spiritual practitioner is a spiritual counselor. And uh, using spiritual community as, an op- as a modality, you know, in which to support and serve. And um, so what I'm interested in is by the time that you graduate this program and I license you as a spiritual counselor through INSPIRE, that you have a format, a formula for spiritual counseling and tools that you can support people in the group setting as well by offering workshops and public speaking as well. So uh, this, the four questions, the Byron Katie work, will be a part of your session work that you do with people. And you won't say, okay, let's do, let's do four questions now. It will organically be part of the the experience when someone sits down and you say, "Okay, what's up with you?" And they start sharing stuff and like, oh, "Okay, I hear that you're upset with your mother because she um, forgot your birthday." You're like, "Yeah, I am." I'm like, "Oh, okay, that's great." Now, um, then you can start doing the work. Say, "Well, are you are you upset with your mother because she forgot your birthday? Is that, is that true? You're upset with your mother because she forgot your birthday?" Well, yeah, can you absolutely know it's true that you're upset with your mother because she forgot your birthday? Well, I mean, no, or maybe it is, yes. And then you just continue to do the work, and you're like, okay, well, how does it feel when you're upset with your mother? Who are you? Well, I, you know, I'm angry, blah, blah, blah. Who would you be without it? Well, I would just be um, able to forgive her for forgetting my birthday and know that she's human and it happens. Like, oh, okay, great. So what feels better to you, you know? What's the turnaround? I'm not upset with my mother because she forgot my birthday. Great. Well, what's three things to, how, three, you know, how can you give you three examples to where that's true? Well, uh, she, you know, remembered my anniversary. She, uh, or maybe it's that, well, you know, she forgot my birthday when I was four one time and it really was traumatic. And da, 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 da. No, the stuff comes out. The stuff comes out. But we're just learning a method to really support people in getting mental and emotional clarity 
through the process of inquiry. And so it's the emotional element and aspect that we're really interested in there, the feeling tone. And why are we interested in that? Because this is a much broader, broader picture, but it's one that's very important to know why we even do this work. The world that we are experiencing, and I'm going to get like really sort of broad here, guys. Well, not broad. Actually, it's quite specific, but it's holding the larger container, the largest container because it is an absolute alignment with our mission statement. Our, the world that we are perceiving is an outpicturing of an inward condition, right? We've said that a lot. It's an outpicturing of an inward condition. So, if there are terrorists, it's because we are terrified, okay? That is an outpicturing of our inner terror and how we terrify ourselves, okay? If we are scared, if we believe that we are under attack, things begin to manifest in our world, like walls being built, war, people getting arming themselves with guns. These are all outpictured qualities of an inward fear. Now, we have to ask ourselves, well, what would it look like if we were not afraid, if we were at peace, if we were joyful, and if more people were joyful, if more people were uh, felt taken care of and felt safe, what would that look like? Well, it would look like no war. It would look like peace. It would look like freedom. It would look like community, working with each other, not separating ourselves uh, away from the rest of the world. So that's why this work that we do is important. And it's not, it's, it's every single life is so powerful and there's so much potential and creative force in every single life. And so that's what we're doing. That's why it matters. What we're doing matters. And that's why this process is important and powerful because, um, we're working towards creating a new experience out there, it, beginning within each and every person. And so every person you support in feeling more peaceful contributes to the manifestation of world peace, which is the mission of our organization. And so that's why we do this work, and that's why the emotional clarity is important. It is the lack of emotional clarity that is creating upset. It's thought plus feeling equals reality. Thought plus feeling equals what we are manifesting. That's the creative formula. And so it's we're learning how to allow our thinking and our feeling to be in alignment with love, with truth, so that we can experience that in the world. Okay, thank you for participating. We're gonna let um, we're gonna play since he's the uh, he's the only boy in class today. We're gonna let um, Dr. Brandon do it, see another another client. We're gonna let practitioner Brandon see another client. So, oh my um, gosh, <laughs> you're you're that good. You already have a waiting list. Um, <laughs> okay, Martha, why don't you? Uh, why don't you be the client and Brandon, you're the coach, and Jen and Soki will listen, 
and we'll offer feedback at the end of the session. And we'll get we'll put another five minutes on the clock, okay? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Martha. Hi, Dr. Brandon. <laughs> What's going on? What's upsetting you today? <laughs> mm. um, I'm really annoyed um, with Hearson. Who? Hearson, that's his name. <laughs> H-I-E-R-Z-O-N. That's a, okay. Or Gerson, I don't know. That's, uh, I call him Hearson. Um, I'm really annoyed with Hearson because I feel he's not interested in what I have to say. He first asks me a question, and then he always ends up talking about himself. Mm, okay, great. So you're annoyed with Harrison because he, you feel he's not interested in what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yes. Is it true that you are annoyed with Harrison because you feel he's not interested in what you have to say? Yes. yes? All right. Can you absolutely know that that's true, that you are annoyed with Pearson because of him, you feeling that he does not hear or is not interested in what you have to say? Yeah. Can you absolutely know that that's true? That's why you're annoyed. Awesome. Um, <laughs> how do you react when when you believe that thought? How How do you... How are you with him? How are you with the rest of the world when you believe the thought that you are annoyed with him because you feel he's not interested in what you have to say? How do I react? Mm-hmm. I what happens him within out. you? <laughs> you tune I him said, out? Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, so who would you be with without that thought? That you're, that it's him, you believe in he, him not hearing what you have to say that annoys you. Where would you be without that thought? I guess I'd be more happy, like, or not dreading sometimes when he calls. Yeah, maybe you just say what you wanted to say and not felt like you had to say what you think people need to hear. Um, so let's turn this around. I am. I am annoyed. I am not annoyed with Pearson. Good. That's a good one. Um, Can you give me an example or two or three of when you feel like he doesn't hear what you say, you're actually not annoyed when it doesn't bother you? Has there ever been a time that it didn't bother you? Repeat the question again. <laughs> um, so you said I'm not annoyed with Pearson because I feel he's not interested in what I have to say. Oh, okay. So can you think of a time when you weren't actually annoyed with the thought that he doesn't I guess, hear what you Yeah. I guess like when I'm in a, ha- a happy space, I don't Good. care. I love that. <laughs> I, I, that. That's enough for me for that turnaround. Um, let's go to a different turnaround. Um, I am annoyed with myself. All right. 
That sounds like a good one. What, can you tell me why you're annoyed with yourself when you feel he's not interested in what you have to say? What comes up for you when that um, happens? <laughs> I think I'm, an, I'm annoyed with myself because I'm not sure. Okay. Well, our relationship is kind of weird. And, well... Well, we can we can get into those thoughts about your relationship in a little bit, but let's just find um, situations where uh, you're annoyed with yourself when you believe that he's not interested in what you have to say. Why does that annoy you about yourself? I'm lost. Okay. I'm annoyed at myself. But so, in relation to him or just annoyed in my for life? For having that thought. For having that thought that um, oh. you feel like he's not interested in what you have to say. Are you, you mentioned that oh. a turnaround might be, that okay. I'm annoyed with myself because I feel like, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So I'm annoyed with myself because I'm not... Um, Well, give me give me an example of why this is annoying to you about yourself. Like maybe maybe you're you're annoyed because you're like I'm not interested in um, only speaking so that other people can hear me. Maybe you want to be the person who speaks and says things because you just want to say them regardless of who hears what. Can you find that to be true? I feel lost right now because I know that I do get annoyed. So, okay, so I am annoyed with myself. I guess I'm mm-hmm. annoyed with my, I don't know if it's, I could put it that way. I mean, I'm annoyed because I feel like maybe it's a pattern sometimes where I feel disregarded. Right. And And I put myself in that situation again. Good. You're, that you find yourself in that situation and thinking that you put yourself there. Uh-huh. That's an example of why you might be annoyed at yourself for that feeling. Yeah, because, I mean, so I guess it's an annoyance I feel like. Because what we're trying to find here is that um, maybe, maybe at the end of the day, it's not about Harrison. Maybe it's going to be about someone else. Maybe it's in the future. And uh-huh. maybe it's always just going to be about us. All right. So I'm going to step in and compress yeah, press the pause button. So, um, okay. So, Jennifer, Silky, what are your thoughts? Um, I thought that I definitely, you know, I thought Brandon did a great job. Um, I guess there was one point where I think Brandon suggested that Martha might feel a certain way, and I think we have to be careful not to create words or lead people to um, answers. But other than that, I thought it was a really good job. Mm-hmm. Cool. Soki? 
the turnaround thought. I know there there's three three examples, genuine examples of how each uh, turnaround is true to Martha. I I feel I need more about. I feel I need more. Okay. I, I'm feeling I need I I need to hear more on that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, so Jennifer said something spot on about leading the client, and this is going to be a challenge. This it's my biggest challenge, and it's one that I'm still working on. And I still find myself doing in counseling sessions, uh, and it's one that uh, Jennifer, who, uh, you know, I'm I'm actually in a spiritual counseling licensing program myself right now through Jennifer's organization, and uh, um, that is her biggest, one of her biggest, like, uh uh-uh, no. It's not for us to, uh, not, I I think leading would be bad, but we're not supposed to tell them what's going on, even if we see it clearly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because it's um, it's up to them to have the realization for themselves, and that can be one of the most frustrating aspects and elements of our job. And there's a couple personalities like Brandon. This that will be a challenge for you, Jennifer. That's probably going to be a challenge for you. <laughs> uh, uh, it's probably definitely going to be a challenge for Mark. Um, because it's that, uh, you know, people that sort of have that uh, type A personality uh, and like to get to the solution, <laughs> but we have to honor the path that you might be on one thing for weeks and weeks and weeks, and it's still not our job to give it to the client. Um, and when I say I le- I've learned this from making that mistake time, time, time again, um, and I find that when I give it to the client, the client goes and repeats the activity, the habit or whatever it is. Um, because when it's their realization, their unfoldment, when they get to it, even if it takes a long time, the uh, it's just a more palpable and sort of, um, oh, there's a word I'm looking for, concentrated uh, healing. You know, it's, like a, it's like a vitamin C shot right into the bloodstream. So great observation there, Jennifer. Um, and I will say that this, what Martha presented was actually, she presented, a, uh, she did it as a practitioner. So she subconsciously filled out her thing as a practitioner because she actually answered her own. She put the solution in the uh, question because she said, I feel like he's not, that uh, he's not listening to me or respecting what I have to say. I forget how exactly what it was, which is right. You are upset with or whatever with Kirsten because he because you feel he doesn't. That's exactly why you're upset. Spot on, Max. <laughs> yeah, you feel he doesn't. Do you know that he doesn't? No, you don't know if he does or doesn't. You're not him. You can't get into his mind, but you definitely feel like he doesn't, and that is absolutely why you're upset. So the you know, the person who doesn't exactly know how to phrase, you know, hasn't had the words, and that's indicative of Martha's work that she's done. She's clear now that she's upset because she feels that someone, is. it's her perception that is creating the upset. And that was how she expressed that. Your client will probably say, I'm mad at Kirsten because he doesn't give a shit about what I say or think. 
And then there you can actually do the work. So really, the Brandon's big challenge working with Martha in that one was he was working with a solution phrase already. Like, <laughs> and so, um, but and he did it very well. And uh, just, yeah. No, I was just gonna say I noticed that, and I kept on wanting to like eliminate that I feel because <laughs> it was like um, she knows that it's all in her. <laughs> right. Well, uh-huh. exactly. So I, I almost cut it. I, I, I almost, I almost cut it off as soon as she said it. But then I was like, hmm, I'm interested to see what what plays out because Martha is approaching um, the process. For, she was she's playing as a coach uh, because she's really curious to learn the. Um, she's really interested in learning the process, right? And so, she, so she's like. Hmm, I'm, more, I'm interested about that more because from the place that I want to understand how that is working so I can, you know, master it. So it was it was well done on both ends. And Martha, don't hear that as you did anything wrong. If anything, it's, it, it's, a, it's a testament to the work that you've done. So you're, no, I think you're it's just funny good. I didn't even catch it. In my mm-hmm. head, I'm just like, why am I annoyed? <laughs> uh-huh. I didn't even catch that I had to... That, that really in that way. Mhm. Mhm. So that was interesting to hear you guys point that out right now. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> see, you're solution oriented. You didn't even realize it. That's how deep it goes for you, Martha. Um. Really, uh, really good work on on both ends. Yeah, really good work. And again, we're just playing with this. We'll continue to do it. Um, and we're gonna get a lot of extra work on this at the retreat. And I'd actually like to pause for a moment to talk about the retreat for the last 10 minutes of class. Um, I'm, Can I just I'm, ask I'm one question before we move yes, on? Yes, of course. So, um, like, I was conscious of trying not to give too much to Martha and speak and put words in her mouth. And it was mm-hmm. almost like I just, I would say that out loud as if I wasn't doing it, even though I kind of knew I was. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, a lot of it, uh, sometimes it's, sometimes, and, you know, it's it's totally fine if that's, if that's not the case here, but I was wondering if there is a time for us to kind of say, I've had an experience like this where I felt like that in that situation, or if you, if it really should just come up organically through those four questions. I think it's, they say, I'm confused. I think it depends on the scenario in which you're working. Mm-hmm. I, I think that if it's a group setting, then yes. Then I would, um, uh, I mean, I, I, and I really take that from Jennifer. Like when she's in class, when she's teaching class, she does that yeah. all the time. I know that I've been there and it felt like this and this is how I worked with it. Uh, you know, and in that way, she's telling the person what's going on. Where, for uh, invitation for them to do that approach with that inquiry. Um, right. If it's counseling, if it's one on one, then no. Uh, I, I mean, I would say I would save that until unless there's just a real, real block where they're just right. not getting it, and then you can personalize it, share your own experience. Okay. Yeah. Right, and I guess I've five minutes is nothing compared to the time I might have had with 
that situation, so I probably wouldn't have needed to do it. I could have been a right. little bit more patient. You felt the pressure of the ticking clock. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Here's what's Thank going you. on with you, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the library. I'm about to read you. <laughs> um, cool. I'm about to read you. That's funny. I love that. It's really funny. Um, okay, so do we feel complete with the process? Does anyone have any other questions or anything they'd like to share? All right, cool. Um, so the retreat, the retreat is coming up February 17th through the 21st. I should have the uh, total amount uh, for everybody as soon as I can. And um, uh, we raised $1,700 at Bingo. 1600 of that will go towards the retreat. Uh, 100 of that went towards um, the money that Inspire spent on putting prizes in the prize packages. So I'll make that payment on Monday uh, with them, and then I'll have the new total, and we'll figure out how much we need to, uh, what the cost will be and everything like that. So um, just heads up there. The retreat is mandatory. Uh, I've been having a few people email me about I might not, I know, on second thought, I might not be able to come. If I, and I've really been thinking about, like, you know, oh, well, I don't want to be a hard ass, and I know that it's money, and da-da-da. But it's something that I've been talking about from the very get-go. I've emphasized the importance of the retreat. So uh, one person that did not come on the retreat last year dropped out of the practitioner program. Um, and when I really sat with it, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if I feel comfortable licensing people who don't come on the retreat because, especially this retreat where it's going to be fully practitioners, we have not opened it up to the community at large. We are going, it's going to be deeply, deeply, uh, I mean, it's, it's going to be in, an intense training, guys. We're going to be doing uh, counseling work. We're going to be really working on the format formula where you'll be doing it with the group uh, individually. You're going to be trained on workshopping, on how to facilitate workshops, how to structure it, how to pitch it, what needs to be present. You're going to be doing public speaking work. And more importantly, you're going to be doing deep, deep spiritual work on the personal and group level. And, uh, and um, yeah, I, you know, I really don't know if I feel comfortable offering a license to someone who doesn't have that level of training because at the end of you know at the end of the day when you guys walk out of the program you're going to be uh it's inspires name on your certificate and so you're going to be a representative of the inspire spiritual community and of me and my teaching and i'm not interested in putting out mediocre uh teachers out into the world because i hold these teachings as sacred and important um, I feel as though the most important work that we're doing as citizens of this planet, and you're representing, you're, you're representatives of this work and this process. And so, um, yeah, the retreat is, is is mandatory, and I'm willing to uh, uh, say, if you don't go on the retreat, I'll give you a certificate of completion of the program, but I don't know if I'll license you as a practitioner, as a spiritual counselor. Um, so just 
hold it in that kind of regard. Uh, it's 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 crucially important that you're at that retreat. Um, and you know, I can't. Uh, you guys have weren't there at the last retreat as a practitioner, so I can't share with you the level of uh, the what happened. But it's alchemic. It really is alchemic. Uh, the experiences that unfold when we come together, because the work that we've been doing here has prepared us to have a specific kind of conversation on a specific kind of level. And so shit gets real, and we do some really deep healing work, and shit comes to the surface, and um, I think that we all leave with a deeper awareness and understanding of our role as um, students and our role as practitioners and our role as teachers. So um, do we have any questions about that? Okay, cool. Um, well, I love you all very much. So why don't we, um, Soki, why don't you pray us out? And remember, no class next week. It's our holiday. We're taking the, oh, gosh, you know, there might not be class for two weeks. I'll send out an email and let you know. We're going to continue this module through the retreat, and then we'll start uh, a new module in March. Um, after the retreat. We'll take two weeks off probably after the retreat. Um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, then we'll start the new module in March, and we'll, we're also going to launch a new uh, round of practitioners in March as well. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so good work, guys. This, you guys have been doing really, really good work, really good work. Well, you know, we have four minutes. Why don't we each share a, a thought of gratitude, and we'll let that be our pray, pray out um, for the work that we've been doing in this class and for your fellow practitioners and for the program. So we'll go around, and we'll just uh, let everyone share what you're grateful for um, about your experience in the practitioner program. And um, why don't we start with Brandon? I am grateful for the gentleness of the practitioners. Um, yeah, everyone. I mean, it's teaching me to be more gentle. And, you know, today was a really wonderful example of that. Uh, with gentleness comes patience. And then, um, you know, really, really being joyful by becoming gentle. And uh, I don't need to brush anything, and I, and I love that. And I love learning and remind, being reminded of that. So thank you. Yeah, for sure. Beautiful. And, you know, Brandon, I just want to say, like, you're really, <clears throat> you're no dummy. You really have some good insights, and uh, I think that you see clearly, and you're, you're a willing participant. You're a willing participant in your own growth, and I think that's really important and smart. So it's a pleasure to have you in group. I love you a lot. Um, yeah. Jennifer. Um, I use it a reset button. She sort of uh, take anything that's happened during the week, but start my new week with all of my restored intentions and you know, share being able to share with the people in the group and, and being able to hear everyone else's sharing really helps me do that, uh, really helps me reset and, and start my week with a fresh, 
consciousness. Beautiful. Beautiful. And you are a, you're definitely a good jump start for me, too. I love you a lot, and I'm so happy that you are and loving the pictures on Facebook. So keep sharing. And uh, uh, Soki. I am grateful for the love, the love energy that continuously flows in this group by the mere thought that I am with like-minded souls and individual. I have a family. I The joy that I feel within is uh, also shared in this group. And I'm, I'd like to share my joy because my son is coming first time. <laughs> After his bottom, I will meet him in the airport tonight, and I'm so excited to bring him tomorrow at the service. Oh, that's exciting. Cool. Very cool. Well, we love you, Silky, so much. And Martha? I am very grateful for the program and to be in a, in the program where there's many teachers for me. Each one of you has been a teacher, and um, I love to see just um, to have the opportunity to learn from people that are in the spiritual path um, mm. and to have a place where I could express my needs, uh, spiritual and emotional needs, to continue on my own journey. And so I love you guys very much, and uh, you have been my Christmas gift from God, so thank you. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, you're absolutely a gift as well. And I just uh, no bow to everybody's willingness to participate at a high level. I love you all so much. And I have a beautiful, blessed, wonderful holiday week. And again, I'll look at the calendar and send out an email, but I believe we'll probably have the next two weeks off. So have a wonderful time. Live it up. And I just, uh, I send you all out with so much light and love. And I look forward to seeing you tomorrow if you are coming to service. And many, many blessings. Have a great day, guys. Bye. Goodbye. Love you all. Bye-bye.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.